Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Hey, I, I have to make an embarrassing confession, but I have to make it because if not, you're going to see me do it and you're going to think I'm weird, and I really am, but I just want you to know why. As we were worshiping, I was jumping and my belt broke. <laughs> so if you see me picking up my pants, my guitar string broke. Your guitar string broke too, okay. So I think the Lord's breaking some stuff around here. Amen. So I borrowed one, but um, uh, so if you see me picking up my pants, I'm not weird. I don't have a niche. My belt broke, amen. My belt broke. All right. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good to see you guys. Hey, before we jump into the message, I want to do something special today, and I want to ask Martha to come up here. Martha, would you come up here, Martha? For those of you that don't know Martha, this is Martha Curry. I'm sure more than half of you guys know her, and um, yesterday was her birthday. Yesterday was her birthday, and the Bible tells us that we need to honor those that deserve honor. And, and Martha, Martha is a pillar. She is an elder. She is a leader. She is an influence in our church. Martha has been part of Dayspring longer than I've been part of Dayspring. And she's gone through so many transitions. Pastor Frank was her pastor at one time. Then she took me on. And then we came over here. And throughout all those things, Martha has been faithful to the Lord. Martha has been supportive. Martha has been a blessing. So the Lord put in my heart that we would honor her. I know her birthday's not today. It was yesterday. But we want to honor her. So we want to give you some flowers, Martha. And we also want to give you a card from the church. And I, I want to ask you to do something. If Martha has discipled you, has counseled you, has just met with you, I want to ask you, would you stand? Look at that. Look at all the people that Martha has touched. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you've ever been sick, if you've ever had a baby, if you've ever had surgery, if you've ever been through a, something big and you've gotten food for a week, she's the one responsible for it. Amen. So Martha is just such a blessing and that's why we want to honor you and let you know how blessed we are. One of the things that I wrote in the card, I said, you know, there's really no words or gift that we could give you that would do justice to what you do, Martha. But there is a crown waiting for you in heaven that will do justice to all your effort. So we want to say we love you. 
Thank you very much. My love language is words, and your words and your applause have really um, spoken to me. I've got tears because you don't see them. But I just want to say thank you. Thank you all. It is um, my pleasure to meet and serve the Kikinis Church of Calgary. And I love you. Wait, don't leave. Would you stretch your hand? Let's pray and thank God for Martha. Lord, thank you for servants like Martha. Lord, your kingdom needs more people like her. Faithful, generous, kind, passionate, compassionate, and strong, Lord. Father, Dayspring is what it is, and she's had a big part in it. Father, we pray you give her many, many more years. And we pray, Lord, that you give her much, much more wisdom. And we pray that you use her to touch many, many more lives. Lord, we thank you. We are honored to have Martha in our community. And Lord, we just bless her in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Martha. All right. Well, when you walked in, you should have gotten a bulletin if you didn't get one. Um, you can raise your hand and one of the ushers will bring one to you inside the bulletin. You'll find an outline that you can use to follow along with me. We are in a series called I Want a New Marriage. How many want a new marriage? I do. We've said that we want a new marriage, but with the same one. Amen? Now, if you're not married... You're, I, we don't want you to think, oh, man, I should have stayed home. No, because although we're going to be talking to married folks, a lot of these principles apply to you. You can apply these in your family life. You can apply these in your relationship with your friends. You can apply them in your relationship at work. You can apply them with your kids if you have kids. So, yes, we are primarily talking to married couples, but we want you to know that a lot of these principles will bless your relationships. And I'll try to do the best job I can to uh, uh, apply it to those of you that are single. Um, the first week I showed you a picture, and then last week I showed you a picture. But last week I also told you guys about those Love Is paper, uh, newspaper cartoons. You guys remember those? Well, somebody came to church this morning and brought me some. Because some, some of you are too young to know what a newspaper is. Uh, but back in the day, right, Joseph? Joseph's my age. Back in the day, we used to get these in the newspaper. In fact, I want to show you a couple of them. Uh, for those of you, look at what you're missing, okay? Young people, you got the memes and you got all that stuff. Look at what we had growing up, okay? Look at this. Love is, love is coffee, no sugar, but lots of sweetness. Love is when he's the cream in your coffee. Come on, somebody. Amen. Love is telling him he'd win a kiss-a-thon. So, so I, I just wanted to show that to the younger crowd. I know they got their cool memes and TikTok and all that stuff, but, 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 but we grew up on these, amen? You know, when it comes uh, in marriage, we've been, one of the things that we've been talking about, uh, the, one of the things that we've been talking about during this series is that the key element to, to a good healthy, successful marriage is unity. I want you to know 
that if you are striving to have a perfect marriage, you need to stop. There are no perfect marriages. There are good marriages. There are healthy marriages. There are successful marriages. But there aren't perfect marriages. And one of the things that, that often happens is that we want perfection. And I want you to know that your husband can have flaws and you can still have a good, healthy, successful marriage. That your wife, thank you, amen. That your wife cannot have it all together and you can still have a good, successful, healthy marriage. That you can. And see, one of the things that I want you to take away from this series is that unity is one of the most essential elements in relationships. In any relationship, whether it is with siblings, with your kids, but especially in marriage, unity is essential. A marriage cannot be good and healthy and successful without unity. In fact, look at what Mark 10 verses 7 through 9 say. It's right there in your outline. Look at what it says. It says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother, and it's what? Joined. Another version says united. They cleave to his wife. And the two are united into what? How many? One. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. I want to show you something. Um, I want you to know that this is not a perfect illustration this week. Um, uh, uh, we were making breakfast and don't think that I cook breakfast all the time, okay? I'm not that good of a husband. But um, this week I happened to, to, to be uh, helping Lorena do breakfast. And as I was doing that, this illustration came to mind. Now, it's not the perfect illustration, but I want to illustrate something to you. A lot of times when we think about marriage, especially in our day, most people go into marriage thinking that this is marriage. Well, we kind of moved in. We bought some stuff together. We have a same calendar. You know, we're there. But the problem with approaching marriage this way is that when things get tough, and they will get tough, that you're able to say, well, I'm gone. And there, might, there may be some instances where that is necessary. But I want to illustrate to you how God sees marriage. Okay, and this is going to hurt. You ready for this? This is how God sees marriage. He says, oh, you want to get married? Okay, well, let me take Nestor. Here's what I'm going to do with Nestor. Oh, and then I'm going to take Lorena, and here's what I'm going to do with Lorena. And he doesn't stop there. Because he wants to unite them. What does he do? Somebody's getting hungry, huh? I don't make good eggs. And God comes in, and the Bible says, Jesus said that he takes two, and he makes what? One out of them. Where does Nestor end, and where does Lorena begin? I don't know. And that's why Jesus said, let no man separate what God has what? See, it gets really messy when then I try to say, you know what, this is me and that's you and you pay those bills and I'll pay these bills and I did this much and you do that much. And what God wants is for there to be unity. And that's what we've been talking about, right? 
that in order to have unity, one of the things that you need to do is that we need to avoid a contract attitude and we need to embrace a what? A covenant attitude. In other words, we are not two eggs in one bowl, but we are two broken eggs mixed in one bowl. That's the difference between a contract attitude and a covenant attitude. Now, in order to do this, the last two weeks we've talked about how exactly this happens. And in order to do this, you got to give up your right to your property, to your privacy, right? And instead, you have to take responsibility to love, to build up, and to serve your spouse. Last week, I told you that throughout the week, I wanted you to repeat one important sentence to yourself. Remember that? I am a servant to my spouse. How many of you guys did that? How many of you guys did that? Okay, Joseph, you did that. That's why you're, you're my friend. Oh. <laughs> it's not easy, right? It's not easy. So, so one, of the, one of the things that, that comes to try to divide this unity in relationships, and obviously I'm talking about marriage, but you can apply this to your kids. You can apply this to your extended family. One of those things that, that, that tries to come is this whole um, uh, contract attitude, right? Where if you don't meet my needs, then I'm out of here. And if you don't do this this way, then I'm done. But the, but the, the way we, we defeat that is by having the attitude of Christ and saying, no, I'm in a covenant. You are my family and we're going to make this work. You are my child and I'm going to love you and I'm going to be in your life as much as I can. Especially in marriage to say, we're going to do this. So today, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the second enemy of unity. The second thing that you need to be aware of that will destroy the unity, especially in marriage. You ready? Ready to know what it is? That enemy, the second enemy, is the lack of vision. Is the lack of vision. In other words, the inability to see a good, bright, and better future. And I would add to that, together. Because some of you, you've been making plans for your future and it doesn't involve your spouse. But a lack of vision, a lack and inability to see a brighter, better, more peaceful, more healthy future together is important for the unity in your marriage. And the way you overcome the second enemy, this lack of vision, is by dreaming. And dreaming together. Saying we have dreams. There are some things that we want to accomplish. There are, there are some, some things that, that we see that are going to be better. That are going to be more ideal. That are going to be improved. And you know what? This quality in marriage and in many relationships is often not even considered. Oh, dreaming is left for those that don't want to work. Dreaming is for those that have too much time on their life. I'm too busy getting my life together. I'm too busy climbing the corporate ladder to be dreaming. Dreaming is important when it comes to nurturing unity in your relationships. It's important that we dream together because if you don't, then it can affect how your marriage is played out. So let me ask you a question. 
What dreams do you have as a couple? Do you have dreams? Do you have, for those of you that are single, do you have a dream when it comes to your family? Do you have dreams when it comes to the type of relationships that you want and what you want them to accomplish and what you want them to look like? Do you have dreams? Reminds me of a joke. Some of you may have heard this joke. But it says that one night, one morning, a wife woke up really excited and happy because she had had a dream about a pearl necklace. So she got really excited in the morning when her husband woke up. She told her husband about her dream and she said, Honey, last night I had a dream that I owned a pearl necklace. What do you think it means? The husband said, Don't worry, honey. I have a feeling you'll find out tonight. She was really excited, anticipating all day. When he came from work, he had this little wrapped gift with a nice bow. And when she saw it, she got even more excited. And she thought, here comes my pearls. The husband gives her the gift. She says, honey, I thought about your dream and I wanted to help you. So I got you something. She opens it and inside the box, there's a book. And the title of the book says, The Meaning of Your Dreams. <laughs> I'm not talking about that kind of dreaming. Look at what Amos 3.3 says. It says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Can two people walk together without agreeing on direction? And the answer is... No, you can't even, I mean, just, just picture that battle that happens after church as you try to decide where you're going to go have lunch, right? You can't reach a destination without unity. You can't get to a place without an agreement. And that's one of those things that dreams do, that, that when you can agree on what you want your future to look like, when you can agree on what you, you are going to work for, when you can agree on what you're going to be investing on, when you can agree on what you're going to be praying for, when you can do that and you can dream together, your marriage will be, will be pushed more and more into unity and unity will be nurtured in your relationship. Without an agreement, without having some, some common um, goals, you can't have unity. So I want to invite you this morning, whether you're married or not, I want to invite you, I want to challenge you to dream. Did you know, especially in the Old Testament, God spoke so much through dreams? Most of us, we read the Old Testament, and when we see that God spoke to Moses and God spoke to Abraham, we think that we picture this audible voice, right? The heavens opened up. And that's not the case. Most of the times, God spoke to people through dreams, through visions. He would implant in them an image. He would implant in them a thought, and they had the decency to say, it is God who spoke to me. Church, Joel said that in the last days, people would dream dreams. Now, I'm not talking about these doomsday, doomsday dreams, but I'm talking about a better future, a brighter outcome, a healthier thing. And I want to challenge you. I want to invite you 
to do that. I want to invite you to dream about your marriage. To, to dream about a marriage that lasts and that thrives. To dream about your finances. About saying, you know, we're not always going to live at the bottom. We are going to own a house one day. We are going to have something to leave to our children. And best of all, we are going to use finances in a way so that our kids don't have to go through what we went through. I didn't hear that many amen with dreams because MasterCard's really tempting, right? I want to invite you and challenge you to dream about your family. Not to dream till your kids turn 18 and they leave your house and leave you alone, but to dream about being together, about being happy. To dream about your kids wanting to be with you even when they don't have to be with you. I want to invite you to dream about your spiritual life as an individual or as a couple if you're married. To dream about what you as a couple could do to impact the world, to impact the kingdom of God. We got a dream. We got a dream. And I want to, what I want to do, I want to encourage you by giving you three reasons, three reasons why you need to dream, especially as a couple. Amen. You can fill these out in your outline. Here we go. You ready? Would you tell the person next to you? Ready? Ready, ready. You ready, ready? ready? Number one, by the way, by the way, I forgot to say this. When you walked in, if you're married, you should have gotten a ticket that looks like this. If you didn't get one, make sure before you leave, you get one. Rosie, raise your hand, Rosie. That's Rosie. Let me tell you why, if you're married, you want one of these tickets. In two weeks, we are going to be raffling a hotel night and a dinner to a lucky couple. If you're not married, you got to wait a little longer, okay? So if you're married, make sure you, and every Sunday you come, you get a different one. So the more you come, the more you get. The other thing that we need you to do, we're going to be doing that this week. We're going to ask you for a picture of, of you guys when you were younger, either when you were dating or when you got married. We want to do something special with all those pictures. So if you send us a picture, either through Facebook or Instagram or grab the church email on our website, if you send it to us, we're going to give you an extra ticket. So that's an extra chance for you. And listen, let me tell you something. I hope I win. I want to win, okay? I want to win. No conflict of interest. I'm not doing the raffle. I'm not passing out the tickets. I don't even have the tickets with me, okay? So if you want to beat me, make sure you get your ticket. All right, let's go back into the message. Dreaming together. Dreaming together. Number one, here's why you need to dream together. The first reason is because dreaming together, as I've been saying, fortifies unity. It strengthens unity. Look at what Proverbs 29, 18 says right there in your outlines. Where there is no vision, people are unrestrained. Another version says people go wild. When there's no vision, there's no order. There's chaos. Look at me. Look, at, look with me at two words. The first one is the word vision. Let's look at two words in that, in that verse. The first one is vision. Now, vision is seeing with your mind. A vision is a dream. It's a, it's a revelation. In some cases, it's a prophecy, a divine announcement. 
Vision is not seeing with your eyes. That is sight. Vision is seeing with your eyes closed. It's those things that when you close your eyes, you can see. Vision is seeing with your heart. It's seeing with your spirit. It's seeing with your mind. And the other word that I want you to notice is the word unrestrained. Unrestrained means to let something loose from your hands or to lose something from your hands, to ignore an opportunity or to be in discipline. Now, when you have the meaning of those two words, now let's look at that passage once again. When a couple fails to dream together, when a couple fails to tap into the revelation that God has for them as a couple, they'll lose opportunities. Things will fall off their hands. They'll be on, there will be indiscipline in their life and they're going to ignore those chances that God brings their way so that something better can be real in their lives. And that's what dreaming does. It fortifies unity. Now, you know what's, not only is there chaos in, when there's lack of unity, but I want to tell you what that chaos often looks like. When you fail to dream together, instead of having unity, you're going to have these other elements. And I'm going to share a couple of them with you because this is going to make sense in your life. You're going to say, ah, oh, that's why we're always fighting. That's why I always feel that way. Look at, look at what happens when we fail to dream. Instead, here's something, here's some of the things that happen. Our life gets filled with frustrations. When we don't dream, our life overflows with frustrations and discouragement. If you fail to dream, you're going to find yourself stagnated in a place and in a condition that you don't want to be in, that you are not happy in, but you don't know how to get out. And you know that that is not what you want, but you don't know how to get out. And that causes frustration because you say, I've tried and we've gone to counseling and we've gone to counseling and I've said about prayer and I've gone to this and I've gone and nothing happens because your life has been filled with, with frustration. The other uh, element that will happen is that there's going to be a lack of direction in your life. When you fail to dream, there is going to be a lack of direction in your life. And you'll fail to dream because you don't have clarity as to what you want tomorrow. And when you don't know what you want tomorrow, you're going to make horrible choices today. But when you have a dream, you have clarity. You know where you're preferred destination is and and you're able to make better decisions because you can ask yourself will this get me closer to my dream or further from my dream the third uh, uh, thing that can happen when you don't have the when you don't dream together is indiscipline and we've talked about that right and let me tell you we all well the majority of us don't enjoy discipline right am i am i the only one I'm the only one that doesn't like discipline. Everybody else loves discipline. I don't like discipline. But see, here's, here, here, here's what discipline does. Discipline will give you what you want. You know what I want? I want to look like Byron up here. I want, I, I want that when I point to heaven, that my muscles almost pop out of my shirt. 
right? That's what I want. But you know what I also want? I want to be able to, to every morning to go buy me a donut. And I want to drink as much coffee as I want. And I want to be able to say, it's 10 o'clock at night, but let's go get some tacos. But see, discipline, discipline is saying no to those things so that you can say yes to the things you really want. And when you don't have a dream, you're in discipline because you don't have any motivation to anywhere. So you're kind of living for today and you just kind of eat and do and go and spend what's put in front of you, right? The next thing that, ha that happens when, when you don't dream together or when you, if you're single, when you don't dream, is that boredom begins to set in. You got no motivation to get up in the morning. The check doesn't even do it for you anymore. The weekend doesn't even do it for you anymore. When you don't dream, there is a lack of vitality in your life and you're always dragging yourself. Some of you, maybe the reason you hate getting up in the morning is because you don't have a preferred future in mind. To say today is not the day I want, but I know that today I am going to get one day closer to the future that I do want. That's why people get bored because they don't dream. They got no reason to get up in the morning. And perhaps the worst of all, you can fill this out in your outline, is that lament will fill your life. Regret. You'll reach a place. You'll reach a place in your life where you're going to regret not doing those things that you should have done now. Can I tell you one of, one of my biggest fears is? But at the same time, one of my motivations, I don't want to get to be 50, 60, and if God allows me 70, and say, man, I should have tried that. I should have just taken the shot. You can ask my wife. You can ask my wife. After my, my season of depression, one of the things that I changed is, is that I said, I'm going to live a little more. I'm going to live a little more. I wanted to go to the Super Bowl. I just couldn't find somebody else that was crazy enough to go with me. And people were like, people were like, I don't want to pay $2,000 for a Super Bowl ticket. And my answer was like, live a little. Live a little. I'm not going to do anything dumb, but live a little. I told my wife last summer. Last summer, we had one of our family goals was like, we live in Southern California. We got so many beautiful beaches. Why do we always keep going to Santa Monica? <laughs> Let's live a little. Yes. Let's live a little. We went to go visit Manhattan and we went yes. to Redondo Beach. And, and we're going to do that again this summer. We're going to live a little. Yes. We're, you know, I, I told her, one of the things that I want to do is I want to buy me one of those old trailers. I don't have a lot of money to buy a new one. So I want to buy me one of those older trailers that is decent because I want to be able Friday night. Hey, let's pack our stuff and we're going to go sleep outside a park. We're going to go camp. We're going to go to the beach. I want to live a little. I don't want to regret. I don't want to regret. You know, I spend my life binge watching narcos. Really? If you don't know what that show is, don't worry. Don't Google it. Don't look it up. You're fine without it. Number two, second reason why you need to dream together. You ready? 
You ready? You enjoying this? Yeah. Amen. Here it is. The second reason why you need to dream together in marriage is because dreaming increases your determination and capacity. Dreaming increases your determination and capacity. Listen to me. One person has great power. One individual is capable of doing great things. God created you that way. God didn't create you to just take up space. God created you to do something important in this, in this world. And listen to me, moms. I don't want to minimize you, but here's what I do want to say. Sometimes the greatest task is raising somebody. The greatest task is not to build an empire or to have a company. Sometimes the greatest accomplishment in life is to raise somebody that is healthy, somebody that loves life and that knows the Lord. One person has great power. Every single one of us has potential to do great things. But check this out. But two people together have exponential power. Not great power, but exponential power. Okay? Because unity doesn't add. It multiplies. One is good. If you're single, you're good. But there's a reason why God looked at Adam and said, it's not good for Adam to be alone. Let me make him a honey. Because two are better than one. Right? Because in, in unity, you don't add, you multiply. Let me prove that to you. Look at what Deuteronomy 32.30 says. It says, how could one have chased how many? A thousand. And two have put what? 10,000. You would think, wait, if one can chase 1,000, then two can chase what? 2,000. But he says, no, one can chase 1,000, but two can can chase 10,000 because unity multiplies. See, when you dream together, your determination and your capacity are multiplied exponentially exponential when you got somebody that is there with you united dreaming together you are able to accomplish a whole lot more than you can on your own there's an old african proverb that says you want to get somewhere fast go alone you want to go somewhere far go with somebody listen i'm a better human being i'm a better husband I'm a better father. I'm a better brother. I'm a better son. I'm a better driver. I'm a better human being when my wife is with me. Because she, give the Lord a round of applause. Yeah. Here's why. Because she increases my capacity. And the same is true of you. The same is true. Ladies, you can be a better person because of the gift God has given you called your husband. In fact, sometimes some of the arguments we get over in marriage is because we want each other to be better, right? And we, oh, you're just nagging me. Here you go again. No, what if you saw it as them trying to increase your capacity? What if your husband is not hating on your cooking, but he's just encouraging you to be a better cook? Oh, no more claps? Okay, I'll clap. See, 
That's, that's what dreaming does. It increases your capacity. It increases your abilities. What you're capable of. It, because that's what love does. But not only that, it increases your determination. And determination is important. A lot of people have dreams that all they are are wishes. You know what's the difference between a dream and a wish? Determination. When you can see a better future, but that's all you do, you, you got a wish. Right? But when you can see a better future and you have determination, then that's a dream. You're going after something. And the reason that dreams increase our capacity and our determination when we dream together is because when I feel like giving up, my wife can encourage me. Can I tell you something scary? No, I'm just kidding. It's not scary. (laughs) You know how many times I felt like giving up on church? More than the fingers you have in your whole body. One of the reasons I haven't is because of the godly wife that I have. That reminds me that one day I'll stand before the Lord and I want to be able to say, I want to be able to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. It increases my determination. So many times throughout, throughout my short time as a pastor, she has looked at different things in the church and said, I want to help. I think I can make a difference. You'll never see her preaching up here, at least not yet. Hopefully one day. Maybe not. Maybe not. You know, I don't know if God gave her that gift of preaching, you know. But let me tell you, you can see her print all over our church. Those envelopes that you see in front of you, she designed them. She designed them. A lot of our structure, she's developed it. So dreaming together increases your capacity and your determination. And number three, let me hurry up and finish. Number three, dreaming together in marriage promotes progress. It promotes progress. Look at what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.14. You may be familiar with this passage. He said, I press on towards what? The gold. See, vision, a vision or a dream and progress go hand in hand. You can't accomplish anything meaningful if you first can't dream it, if you first can't see it. And when you have dreams, what dreams do is that they give you hope. They give you hope, right? It's like, I know this is horrible, but I have hope. The people in Ukraine are a good example. You know why they are standing up to a stronger, bigger army? Because they have the hope that they can be a free nation. And that's why they're sacrificing their lives. That's why they're standing up. That's why they're doing all they can. Because they have hope. When you take hope away from a person, they give up. So not only does hope keep you going, but the other thing that hope does is that that it, it, it creates certain behaviors in you, certain actions in you that propel you forward. When you got hope, you know, like, like I, I don't know if this is the best example, but, but I, I've, I've read, I've, I haven't heard of anybody, but I've read that, that certain women will buy the dress they want to fit into and they'll put it next to their mirror so that they see it every day so that that, so that, that dress gives them what? Hope. And that way when they're sitting down and there's, and there's a steak and their salad, they, they, that hope encourages them to what? Oh, everybody eats the steak? Okay, right? 
You get where I'm going? See, see, dreams, dreams propel you forward because they create hope in you to not give up and to take certain actions. The reason many people give up on marriage is because they've lost hope. And the reason they've lost hope is because they've lost the ability to dream of a better and brighter future for their tomorrow. Dreaming together will propel you to a, your marriage forward, will help you grow. Let me share three quick ways that it does that. First, because dreams lead to success. Dreams lead to success. The story says that one night, a family, after having dinner, the little boy was playing with, with his toys. And when nighttime came, mom said to him, son, it's time to go to bed. A little reluctant, he uh, obeyed and he headed to his room. An hour later, his mom came into his room and found him not asleep, but looking out the window at the moon because on that specific night, there was a full moon that was bright like the sun. The mom noticed him admiring the moon, but she nevertheless told the boy, son, it's time to go to bed. A little more reluctant, he obeyed, but before he went to bed, he told his mom, you know, one day I'm going to walk on the moon. 32 years later, Jimmy James Irwin would become one of the only 12 people to have ever walked on the moon. That's the power of a dream. And when a couple dreams together, their dreams will propel them towards success. Here's the second thing, the second way dreams promote progress. And two, it's because dreams make a big impact. Dreams make a big impact. Ephesians 3.20 says, God is able to do much more than we ask or think through his power. What? Working in us. See, the thing about dreams is that they come from God. Dreams come from God. Dreams glorify God. And God gives you dreams. Check this out. Because dreams are not just about you. Dreams have to do with you, but they are not just about you. Your dreams will impact other people. Your dreams will bless your kids. Your dreams will bless your neighborhood. Your dreams will bless your city. Your dreams can bless other people. And see, the dreams propel us forward because dreams have a big impact. God has a big master plan for this world. And our dreams, it's God's contribution, our contribution to his big plans. And his big plans plans involved everyone else so you need a dream because your dreams are not just about you they are about others but as you do that they propel you and launch you forward and here's the third thing the third reason why dreams propel us forward is because dreams desire a better future Philippians 3, 13 and 14, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to yet to have taken a hold of it but one thing I do Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on the goal, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Dreams. 
Dreams that are about a better future. You don't, if you don't want a better future, you don't need to dream. All you need to do is live. And life itself will take you down. But when you dream, you dream of a better future. And they push you towards that. Matt, let me finish with this. The power of a dream, here it is. Because some of you are saying, well, Pastor, what do I dream about? How do I know it's not just my fleshly desires or my, you know, selfishness? How do I know what's a good dream? How do we dream as a couple? Ready? I'm going to make it for you really, really simple. And I'm glad you didn't fall asleep because this is worth the price of admission. This is it. And if you're single and you're asking too, what do I dream? How do I know what dreams I should have? You want to know the key to the dream? You ready for it? The key to a dream is found in knowing what God has said. When you know what God has said, then you can make that your dream. If God has said, let no one separate, then you can have the dream of saying, I want a marriage that lasts and thrives. If God has said that he's poured his blessing upon something, then you can have the dream of saying, I know I can prosper in this area. When you don't know what God has said, well, then you'll, you'll err. But when you know what God has said, then you have the key to the dreams that can come a reality. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in Him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.